Bienvenidos, nerds. It's Austin Yorsky here, with a special guest. Me, Quinn. A very special guest, I should have said it. You're more than special. You're very special. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Um, so you might notice that this isn't a regular episode, which could be concerning if you don't keep up with the wider happenings in the Dice Funk cast. Um, you also scrolling through, I don't know if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever the heck, and you see the upload dates for the last six years, you'll notice every upload is seven days apart. And I don't want to break that streak. I never miss an episode. Uh, so I had to put something up in the feed and I figured I would just reiterate what you might have already seen on social media and, uh, Quinn and I can just talk about whatever we want. It's my podcast yeah. feed. What are you going to do? You going to try to yeah. you gonna come to my house? You going to fight me? You going to fight? You going to take it from you? Yeah. No one's going to do that from you. I'm bigger than you. Probably. Uh, almost certainly. <laughs> you're, 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 you're a giant in spirit and a bit in stature as well. I'm not scared of any individual podcast listener. If maybe there was like four oh. or five of them, that would be a tro- that would be troublesome. <laughs> now, were you one of the people who gave me grief because I said that I could beat like a hundred two year olds? <laughs> yes, easily. We talked about this for weeks in my household. <laughs> okay. You thinking you could just clobber half a dozen uh, ch- I, they're children? So easy. They're so easy to beat up. Uh-huh. I've just I've played a lot of FromSoft games, so I know even if an individual enemy is weak, when they they start ganging up on you, it doesn't matter how. Scary you are they can just hit you know they can just hit you from every yeah, angle but do they have a mechanic in a from soft game where if i punt one of those things in the face really hard the rest of them see it and are demoralized <laughs> oh no they don't have a morale system that's more of a total war mechanic yeah see i feel like that's that's what i'm going for didn't realize you were such a strategy fan anyway uh, there is an episode coming up. I'm I'm working on it. Uh, it's really good. The last uh, episode ended on a cliffhanger where Laser cut open the wall and pulled Juniper through. Uh, it was really sick. And the fight we have recorded, I don't want to toot my own horn, but it might be one of our best. It's really dynamic Ooh. and cool. And I want to do it justice. And I just don't think I can, considering events. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable. This is the time for us to, like, you know, give it some space, and then you come back, you add a couple zips and zops into the soundtrack, you've created yourself Battle of Mustafar. Can you can you send me over some files of zoops and zaps for me to put in? Zip, zap, yeah, I'm going to do that. I already sent you your next, next uh, last time on Dice Funk, like, uh, uh, like a year ago, so you can use that. I assume you have it saved, right? Wait, did that happen? I feel like I, I remember us discussing this, but I don't know where I put that file. <laughs> I just, I, I just, for one reason, decided to wake up in the morning. I was like, you know, it'd be funny if I just sit in Austin recording me doing the last time I done spoke in a very stupid voice because I have like an idea of what the next season is. So I just did a dumb voice for it. And I was like, here you go. Okay. I want royalty. I'll have to search my hard drive for it. I remember this, but I just don't know where it is. Um, But yeah, for those who aren't on Twitter, first of all, Damn, I'm jealous. Fuck, your life is so good. Oh, I don't know how you do it. Like it's, it seems like it would be the best. Um, but a lot of things have been happening behind the scenes. Uh, Sophie has been in Armenia for two weeks, which has really <laughs> thrown uh, recording into chaos. Uh, Mari is doing a stand-up during our normal recording time. I think she posted that publicly, right? People can just watch Mari's stand-up. I believe so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and she, she p- plugged her other... Uh, social media account for her stand-up stuff so that's out there it was already chaotic when is what i'm saying uh when uh my beautiful special perfect cat ifa got very sick and uh she just passed and not to sound like a pussy 
but I have just <laughs> not been okay this week, and I just can't That's, can't be funny. I'm sorry. That is absolutely the way to go about it. You know what? That is that is a hundred percent how it's it's meant to be. Um, Grief is this weird, stupid thing, and I hate it, and it sucks. Uh, but you know, you got good people around you. Yeah, everyone has been very supportive and helpful. Thank you, everyone. Um, you know, I posted about it on Twitter, and people were very helpful with the uh, veterinary bills. I don't want to, you know, bum everyone out. Obviously, you you subscribe to a comedy podcast if you're hearing <laughs> this, so I'm not gonna, you know, fuck up your whole day. Uh, but it, it costs many thousands of dollars, um, and my my income is public so you can do the you could do the math <laughs> on how your boy austin is right now and it's not good but um it's been easier because of you so thank you there you go um but yeah that that's the show stuff regular episodes returning every week never missing an upload uh, the juniper laser fight is sick as hell uh, you might think that Dio splitting from the party was because we knew Sophie was leaving for Armenia, and that way we can do Dio list stuff f- while they're gone. Uh, but that's a total coincidence. Literally, didn't know when it happened. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's how ninety percent of like the perfect coincidences of dice funk happened is just sheer like eh, no one really thought that was going to happen, and it, it did. Look at that. That works out really well. Uh, I really think that's kind of what makes the show special. Like uh, last season, and betting everything on that role for who was governor still still keeps me up at night just being like what a foolish thing to do with your entire project so so stupid and just audacious um but yeah so dio is off on their own uh cool stuff coming up um we have recorded and we'll be back to regular recordings i think this next week uh, it's been an awesome season by the way oh, thank you very good uh, I've enjoyed quite a lot of it. This is the first time I've been uh, listening to Dice Funk since season two. Since when I'm on it, I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm good. A lot of people say that. I'm very proud of uh, the NPCs. I feel like all of them have been well received. Um, the player yeah. characters are, there's like, ever, there's strong opinions, love them and hate them. And it's not any, like, there are huge fans and haters of each player character, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you get You get that medley. I've been thinking a lot because you know how uh, every season I say like, oh, in the HBO adaptation, it'll be like this. And that's just because HBO is like the most similar to what we do. It's episodic. It's, you know, long episodes with big cliffhangers and violence and Mm -hmm. stuff. But this season, I feel really would be best as a video game. Um, Obviously, Elden Ring wasn't out when uh, I planned this season, but it's uncanny. I guess Breath of the Wild is another great one where if you, they just dropped you into a big open world with the unique biomes and each one had a reliquary and you could kind of just bop around uh, exploring them, running into NPCs who you'd have to like, you know, fight in cool boss battles. And it's like, you know, Breath of the Wild, you can just go to Ganondorf anytime if you want. It'd be like that. That's true. You can just go to the edge of the world if, you, if you're strong enough. Um, yeah, and then you combo chain, you you freeze time, and then you keep you keep uh, switching in and out to give like super <laughs> inertia to a block, and then you hit him in one shot and kill Ganondorf. Can we do that in the season of Dice Funk? Enter season in two episodes. You say that, but I mean season six uh, kind of had some glitching stuff in the plot. Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil that for people who haven't listened to every season, but literally there's a character who eventually just starts glitching reality in a deliberate video game way. Um, and that that's fun. I still think that was one of the best characters we've done on the show. Um, Laura's great. 
Um, but we don't have to just talk about Dice Funk. I don't know if you're free to to you know get into anything else. No, I, I gotta I got get going. No, what's, <laughs> what's going on? What's on your mind? What you want to talk about? I don't know. It's just the, the people want content. You know, there's right now someone's yeah. they're going for their their walk. They're doing dishes, and they're like, I really was looking forward to some time with something in my ears, and I'm just like, I want to talk to Quinn about Lost. <gasps> Can we talk about Lost? I'm in. I, I want it's yeah. Maybe all I've ever wanted to do in my life for the past uh, 20-ish years now. That's not sad at all. Who said that's sad? <laughs> Don't let them say that about you. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I cannot explain how much I love Lost, and I've wanted to just communicate that with people, and I find that Lost has uh, exclusively two reactions. It is either I've never seen it, or... I hated the ending and thus it was dumb. And I'm just like, but the ending was awesome. Yeah, I'm only, I'm nearing the end of season two of six. So there's still a lot of stuff I don't Uh, know. You are about to get into two big things. One, this is sort of where a lot of people say the show starts to get bad, uh, which is a very subjective thing. But it also is objectively true because season three is when the writer's strike happened. Ah. Uh, And the first six episodes were released separately and are the like some of the worst parts of lost ever there's there's an episode coming up called stranger in a strange land and it's a jack episode and you know they've they've started to reach the point i think after two seasons where like especially for the characters like jack and kate and people like that who get like three episodes a season or whatever where they don't have that much to like delve into in their backstories anymore like you kind of get it at this point but for some reason, they they decide to be like, I don't know, what's a detail about Jack people give a shit about? And they pick the most innocuous, fucking stupid bullshit to base an entire episode around. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I noticed is there's supposedly like 40 people on the island, but there's only like eight main characters. And so they have all these people milling around in the background, just extras who never get any focus, which would be, would be fine, you know. But then they keep introducing more characters who show up from other sources. And it's like, you already had characters you could have it's a, i mean whatever i don't know where they're going maybe it is something worthwhile um i should say this is one of my favorite genres the kind of puzzle box or the uh the kind of you wake up in a room mystery so things like Rampa, cube uh the early saw movies where it's just like a bunch of strangers have to figure out what's going on and their interpersonal dynamics uh, it's oh, it's just one of my favorites. I love it so much. I just missed Lost and I haven't gone back. And it's really a hundred percent you <laughs> that I because there's Joe and I keep like a running list of all the shows and movies we want to watch, and it's just hundreds of things. Because anytime someone says something's good, we write it down, you know. And we're both a thousand years old, so <laughs> it's just growing. <laughs> you just keep it, keep adding to that list. But uh, yeah, you definitely pushed Lost to the top, and um, I, I've for a while I've been planning or you know rolling around the idea in my head for a dice funk season in this genre, where you know the player characters wake up, they don't know how they got there, what's going on. The MP, there's NPCs that are in the same similar situation, and they have to kind of figure out uh-huh. what's going on. Uh, you know, it's just calling it like the lost season in my mind, but I hadn't actually seen lost. So I think it's important that I see what works and what doesn't before. I was going to say, what, what do you like and not like about lost so far? And and I guess in that format. Yeah. I mean, most of it's like, I, I, I am enjoying it a lot. I think there's uh strong characters. 
I think that the um, overall like pacing of the show is really interesting. Like the flashbacks are like constantly giving you the sense of momentum because every episode, if you haven't seen it, listener, it's like they cut back and forth, back and forth between one character's backstory every episode. So like uh-huh. you'd like say, this is a Jack episode. This is a lock episode and whatever the problem of the week is, maybe, you know, so something caught fire. They're trying to build something. Uh, there's just like a problem of the week and then a thematically related backstory. Um, yes. And that's that's like a propulsive format. It works. Uh, what doesn't work so much is that you can really feel the hand of the writer sometime. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just <laughs> hovering over your shoulder all the time being just like, oh, what's this mean? It's like, you don't know either, dickhead. <laughs> don't pretend like you know what's going on. I, I know you're just throwing shit out there. It, it, it is. It was an open secret, I believe, even as Lost was being written. It's it's those episodes I told you that are coming up. Uh, the first couple episodes of season three where the writer strike was happening, where it was also a well-known secret that the writers were like to the ABC executives, like, please, please let us end this. Because at that point, you know, if you were a syndicated piece of television on network, you just went until it ended, like until it stopped being popular. And for a show like lost that is dependent upon a narrative, they were just like, yeah, just keep it going forever. And then finally they're like, all right, fine. You can do six seasons. Can you give us three more seasons of that? And they're like, I mean, not really, but sure. I guess, (laughs) I guess that's the goal now is to get three more seasons out of this. So at that point in that like early stretch, you can tell they're just still writing to be like, I don't know how long this is going to go. Like, how much do we have to vamp in the middle of this? Yeah, TV has changed so much. Now the the common wisdom is that like shows need to end after two seasons because that's when retention mm-hmm. drops off. And like every It's also when Netflix has to start paying you more money. So Yeah, that too. Um and so the that mentality this is like, let's go forever. No no forward momentum. It's just it's anathema to the way they make TV now. And it's fascinating. Uh, but this was like right at the end. Of that yeah, old era. This, this is like the last, I guess technically Game of Thrones also exists in a space of like a show that seemingly everyone sort of watched, but Lost really felt like it was like that last part where social media existed, but not um, condensed enough that people just gathered together. Like you would hear people had theories, like there's a very long running theory about like, oh, the smoke monster is a nanobot security system, and that's why it sounds like a roller coaster or some shit like that. And it was supposed to be like a series or a theory with like well-vamped research, but no one ever saw it. Whereas nowadays, you can go online and be like, all right, well, how do you how do you punch Vecna and Stranger Things? And someone will be like, oh, well, I, 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 I figured it out from these three clues in the first season. So it's all solved pretty much. Yeah. I'm, and it's, there are things I miss about that era. Obviously, the sense of yeah. wonder. But there are also things I don't miss, which is like fucking me about like I'm an idiot. <laughs> so you, lo- you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, Who's your favorite character? I want to know this. Uh, easy Hurley. Hurley. Oh, um, Hurley's the best. Mm, Hurley episodes are the best episodes because his backstory is very sad, but like every other character's backstory is so much more intense and involved. Like my dad, you know, has robbed me of everything. You know, my dad is is somebody I'm trying to kill. You know, my dad is someone I I killed. My dad is someone I drove to suicide. (laughs) Like everyone's dad. It's, it's a lot of familial stuff that goes wrong. But Hurley's is just like, I don't know. I just I kind of want to chill. Like, all of his problems are very calm. And it's just kind of related to, like, 
hey, can I build a golf course for everyone on the island? <laughs> like he's just he's so he's so gentle. He's the best character. Yeah, it's the most relatable. Obviously, like I've never uh, had my kidney stolen or blown up a house or anything. Um, but I have struggled with my weight, so <laughs> you know, Aww. it's it's something we could all uh, feel those feelings. Um, it's interesting though. There's a couple of times when I've felt, and the the weight storyline is one of them, where it's like I don't think people, they would do this now. Another one is the uh, the character who's <laughs> who's like I was an Iraqi torturer. Oh yeah, that was a hundred percent like time and place of like we're gonna have a heroic. Iraqi character, but he also did torture people. And like being in that mindset of like, well, we're creating a complicated character that both bucks the trend and then also exactly plays into it as well. And it's like, huh? It's. I'm not even saying that they're wrong for doing it. I just don't think they would have done it the, the same no. way now. I I think they actually did something interesting with it, which is that they reveal in a later episode that it was the Americans who introduced and encouraged him to torture, which is yeah. uh, strangely honest. <laughs> but uh, it it is worth noting that this series is headed up by uh, Damon Lindelof, who is well one half. Uh, it was Carlton Cruz is the other one. And uh, he's the one who went on to do the uh, HBO Watchmen adaptation that everyone really. Oh liked. yeah, I really. When that was announced, I was like, "This is gonna suck dog shit through a hose." <laughs> and then I watched it, and I was like, "This actually rocks!" Like, <laughs> yeah. I, this rolls pretty hard. Yeah, uh, I rarely but, eat crow, but that one I had a nice heaping plate. <laughs> You're like mm, more, please. <laughs> Another piece of humble pie. Um, what what do you think? What's your is your favorite char- character Hurley? You have any other sleeper picks? Hur- Hurley's great. I love Locke because I love crying <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's what Locke's story is, basically. Uh, Locke is just like this this tragedy that runs through six seasons, basically. And it it never really gets much better. But um I don't know. He he's such an asshole too. Like he does so many things because he, he has this this belief that he's like innately chosen by the island to, to be great. And then it just constantly fucks him over. Yeah, the um, actor is really magnetic. I don't know. I've seen him oh, in anything else. This feel Terry O'Quinn. He was in um, Stepfather, which is like a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I've seen like the original. Dad. I know they remade it, but I haven't seen the remake. Yeah, he's in that. And then beyond that, I think it's sort of just like Broadway and TV. Mm. Like that's like in smaller TV shows. He was definitely him and uh, Michael Emerson, who plays Ben. Were like the two actors who, after the show, I was like, "Well, these guys are going to go on to be huge." And uh, no, it turns out the only one from the show that got to be huge was anti-vaxxer Evangeline Lilly, who plays everyone's least favorite character, Kate. So yikes! I mean, it's interesting that, if, like I said, one of the only things I have really that uh, you know weakens the show for me is how heavy-handed the writers are. And you just named a couple of great uh, examples. One is that. Locke's Locke story, it really feels like they're trying to build him up as like a sinister antagonist. And then like it was they got such a great reception to the character that they like retooled him into being more sympathetic and tragic. And now it's like it, it feels like they're in the middle of a gear shift that's really obvious. And Kate is another one where it's like she's the female lead, Jack's the male lead. Uh oh, we're gonna throw in a little love triangle. Oh we're bored of that now. Oh, maybe we'll pick it back up. And it's like <laughs> I I understand that you're writing this week to week, but it is it feels clunky in a way. 
Um, that that's just a thing I noticed about th- those characters. Yeah, there's a couple really good characters who come in. Unfortunately, it is a, a scripted television show, so characters will continue to be added all the way until I think like I think the sixth season's the only one without any major new characters being added. Um, but there's a couple characters who show up. I think in season four, who I also really liked as well. All right, yeah, I was I was really uh, fascinated that Michelle Rodriguez oh. showed up. I had no idea yep. she was. Not only involved, but like that she did TV. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen her in a TV show before. So I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, there's there's some small, big roles in there. Um, Bernard and Rose are also like two characters who are like barely characters and then actually become somewhat relevant, like C tier characters throughout the rest of the show. And like, I feel like nobody has like no one I know who likes Lost has anything negative to say about Rose and Bernard. They're always like, ah, a Rose and Bernard episode, Chef's Kiss, mwah, perfect. It's funny you say that because literally the last episode we watched was a Rose and Bernard episode. Um, and it was where it's revealed that she had cancer and he was desperately trying to save her. And let me tell you, it hits different. <laughs> it hits different for Austin yeah. Yorsky right now. Uh, you'd you'd stay on the island. You'd be like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely for Aoife I would have stayed on the island forever we both cried and it really wasn't Lost's fault <laughs> um, yeah fuck man uh, that was it was interesting that you say that uh, they kind of became C tier later because uh, after Rose disappeared like halfway through season one I say disappeared not as a plot point but like it, she just stopped being in the show uh, and I, t- I turned to Joe and I was like wasn't there a black lady in the show <laughs> What happened? And she's like, oh, no, she was, like, sitting on the beach, and, like, she was like, my husband's out there somewhere, and then she never got off the beach again, and so presumably she died out there. Like, they just abandoned her, and she it's, like, tragic, right, that she died waiting for her husband, like, Hachiko, the dog in Japan, and they built a statue to him. Um, but no, she's still she's still there. She's still kicking. She's still there. She's just hanging out. I, I wonder what happened there. It feels like... Uh, you know, they didn't have any more plans for the character. And then later they came up with an idea to have Bernard be okay and brought her back. I think they did. I think for a lot of it, it's there's so many characters in early lost. And then they, as you said, they just add new ones in. Cause the whole thing is like the plane gets bisected in half in the air. The characters that we all know are from the front section, but then eventually they find out the tail section survived. And there's like seven characters from the tail section who have to show up and get integrated with the group and some stuff happens there and you're just like we just got to get used to like these new characters because you only really got to know like one or two of them before like the whole groups just convened yeah that's another thing as long along with the iraqi torture and like the fat hispanic character things that i think would be handled a little differently now uh the the scary nigerian who doesn't talk for long periods he does eventually start talking mm. but the way mr echo the way he's introduced is like i am a hulking brute who doesn't talk and i'm from scary africa and i was like this is uh not aged well uh i don't know that this is how they should handle this uh but like i'm interested to see where their character is going i don't think like the actor's doing a bad job or anything uh well i'll let you find <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What you find out about? Oh no! All, all, all I'll say is that Lost, uh, for being such a gigantic project, eventually does have stumbles behind the scenes, and uh, people do leave the show, and their way of getting rid of them just kind of comes up rather abruptly. So, uh, um, uh, it, it isn't perfect. They pull a genius of Grendel, where they just leave mid, <laughs> and then they have to. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, you fucking dirtbag. <laughs> what did you want me to do? I was sad. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, I'm actually, I'm surprised they kill off characters so early. Um, yeah. I mean, this show is older than some of our listeners, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say in season one, uh, two main characters bite it. Um, and the- <laughs> Oh, I was like, Boone, and then, oh, right. <laughs> fucking Dr. Arts or whatever his name is. Oh, no, it was Shannon. Oh, right. Um, brother and sister. The, uh, maybe it was early in season two, but I was like, damn, this island hates this family. This bloodline <laughs> must be exterminated. <laughs> what? I mean, to be fair, Boone did suck. Uh, 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 it's a full admit, I think Boone Blue <laughs> wasn't a big loss. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think those uh, characters were both portrayed unsympathetically at first, and it's kind of hard to shake first impressions. Although, obviously, they both got a little bit of development before beginning owned. But just, like, uh, my memory of this era of TV pre-Game of Thrones is that main characters rarely, like, got owned unless it was, like, a finale or something. Yeah, this is a show that absolutely will will kill off pretty significant characters. Um, and uh, some of them are co- pretty controversial. But there's there's definitely some really good ones in there. Um, you haven't gotten yet to Nikki and Paolo. No. Do you know about Nikki and Paolo at all? I do not. Okay, I want like a play by play <laughs> okay. on Nikki and Paolo when they show up because they were a gigantic thing when they were introduced into the story. All right. <laughs> there was there was a lot of conversation in the lost sphere about it. I don't know that I know anything else coming up. Like going into it, I knew there was a polar bear. I knew there was a smoke monster. I knew there were numbers. Mm-hmm. But all I know, I guess, is that the ending was controversial and that people argue about the interpretation. I really don't Which know is what insane. happened. I, 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 I cannot. Ex- I hope you have the exact same feeling when you get to the end where you're like, what the? How do you get confused by this? They quite literally say exactly what is happening. I mean, they also did that in Sopranos and people still argue about that shit. Yeah. There's a conversation near the end of Sopranos, like two episodes before the finale, where one character says, you know, I heard if you get shot in the head, uh, you don't even hear the gunshot. It just fades to, you know, just cuts to black. And then the last episode, it just cuts to black. What do you think happened? <laughs> you fucking dork. Um, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, a lot. Uh, I'm seeing some problems, I think, that will only get worse. But um, Oh, yeah. Trust me, loss gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> but... It's still, I mean, at the time, too, there was, like, that thing with television where you're like, well, I've watched it for four seasons. What am I going to stop now? Honestly, I feel that way. Joe and I uh, are of opposites on this. If I start something, I always finish it, and she just drops something at the first inconvenience. So I dragged her through every season of Vikings. (laughs) Wait. With with WWE Superstar Edge? Yeah. Uh, I I didn't realize who that was until you told me, but, yeah, he gets uh, abandoned on... Greenland or Iceland near the end of the show? Aww, the Finland saga. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck, man. Oh, but, wow. It's a lot of show. It's a hundred and something episodes. There's so much of the show left. I, I, I have nothing. I, I, I know somebody like you, too. Uh, the, the guy who owns Fuzzy Wall, George, would constantly message me. And I think this was like in the middle of the pandemic. And I was just calling him just to like do check-ins. Be like, hey, how you doing? He's just like, yeah, not great. I'm like, what are you, are you watching anything? He's like, yeah, I'm watching Vikings. It sucks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what are you going to watch? He's like, I'm just going to finish Vikings. <laughs> I was like, no, George, you don't have to finish it if it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can talk about Vikings too. But I don't think you, you've seen it. I, I, have, I have not seen yeah. it. I, I am 
shamefully behind on like every piece of media. Like I watched Severance, which was amazing. Oh, we should talk about Severance. I also watched that. Both you and Laura recommended it. Yeah. Uh, but I watched Severance and I have not seen anything else. I have the new Stranger Things season to watch, the new Boys season to watch, uh, Cobra Kai. I never saw that last season. Um, upload on amazon i really like the first season of that i haven't caught the second season of that i think there's like one or two other big shows that i've just been like shit i should really watch that i just haven't gotten around to it you know it's funny the last show we watched before this was the latest season of umbrella academy yeah that's another one um which <laughs> you know uh, have you seen any of it yeah, I've seen the first two seasons. Okay, so the premise is that there's all these adopted uh, kids with special powers, like the X-Men Academy, but fucked up. Um, and there's love interests between members of the adopted family. Uh, and I made a joke about how convenient it was that they wouldn't have to change their last names if they got married. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they're all, you know, adopted siblings. And then we watched Lost, and early on, uh, Boone and Shannon, who are presented as brother and sister, revealed their, their step-siblings, and they have, you know, tension and stuff. And I was like, what the... Every show we watch, every, <laughs> there are these people who are fucking with the same last name trying to boink each other. We have to reassess how we're living our lives as that like, keeps happening. Now now let's start Game of Thrones. Surely <laughs> we'll finally buck this trend. Yeah. Um, what? So Severance, incredible. Uh, yes. A very uh, like low key kind of arty, uh, almost pretentious thing, which is exactly what yes. I like. Um, it's it feels very lostish. <laughs> nothing about the place they work at makes sense, and only makes you ask more and more questions. Like literally, anytime they go, they're in the office place and they leave their cubicle, you're just like, I don't understand how this place. Like it seems like it's a labyrinth. <laughs> None of the places they're going to make sense. Like I don't know what this company does. Yeah, it's it's Kafka esque deliberately, or like you know magical realism adjacent. Although there is like sci fi explanations for most of the main stuff. Um, but yeah, the opposite of Lost, where I don't feel they're making it up like minute to minute and hoping to like, you know, circle back around. Well, I feel like they're like, oh, this is weird to create an atmosphere. Don't yeah, worry about I, it. I think most shows after Lost, uh, most shows have now come out on Front Street that are like, look, if we're going to be kind of weird for the sake of weird, we're expressly stating that there is not going to be an answer to any of this because that was the big thing with lost everyone's like what's the polar bear about and it's like well they do eventually explain what the polar bear about is about but you're just not happy with that answer uh whereas other shows like i think damon lindelof went on to do the leftovers after lost. oh i heard that's really good and and i've heard that's another one where they're like look we're never going to explain what happened like the actual rapture or whatever but like that mystery is not going to be explained that is simply what it is like just accept that and that's like a lot of shows now put that foot forward to be like look we're just not going to explain this just accept that and i think i feel like severance is one of those that's just like you're not really going to know what this company does just assume it's evil because <laughs> everything they do they do is evil yeah it reminds me a lot of the show i think it was on netflix called maniac which is actually an american remake of a i want to say swedish or norwegian show it's a northern european show um, but they have this kind of uh, un unreal feeling or a hyper real 
uh, workplace uh, situation that makes I mean there's a lot of obvious like uh, capitalism bad symbolism like that you, we don't need to belabor everyone <laughs> listening to this knows how we feel um, but the, yeah the mysteries are interesting and the actors are great Christopher Walken up in this bitch what yeah oh, it's so good I that he, he's great um, not John Totoro John Totoro yeah oh, okay yeah I mix him and uh, Stanley Tucci up a lot for some reason. Uh, yeah, it'd have been a little too sexy if Stanley Tucci was in it. If the Tucci was up in the business. If, if, if the Tucci was up with the walk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't have kept up with that. Mixing us a little drink. Be like, come on, Severance. Yeah. I'm trying to watch a TV show. Now I got to jack off. What are, you, what are you doing? Now I have to put my pants back on. Uh, yeah, but I, I like it a lot. So I guess it's hard, kind of hard to talk about without spoiling anything because like, even the premise isn't revealed until like a little bit into the first episode. So it was just like a guy who goes to work and then like weird stuff starts happening. And uh, a lot of it is uh, funny and sad uh, and I interesting. I think you can describe the, the general thought of what severance the actual term is. Yeah. Which also th- that doesn't spoil. It threw me off, too, because severance is a term. <laughs> like you get severance yeah. payments and then it's like, eh. I thought it would be like slightly related. It's not. It's an entirely different sci-fi concept, which is just that uh, they they split your brain in half uh, and half of you is at work and half of you isn't and that you can't communicate between the two. Yeah. Like when you go to work, a thing will happen. And the part of you who's conscious on the outside shuts off and the part of you who just goes to work turns on and then vice versa. And that is hellish. And I have asked my sister who works in HR and she's like, oh, yeah, I'd absolutely do it. I was like, you've watched the show. (laughs) You've seen how horrific it is. The idea that there's a side of you that only knows work that doesn't even get like. Like, cause it's, it's not even like, oh, well you just turn off and sleep for those six hours. Like your consciousness just pops back on the moment you go through the door. You're just like, oh, I'm back here again. Yeah. I mean, if you ever played the video game Soma, uh, which is like, I don't know, like seven years old at this point, uh, it's a horror game because playing that straight is horrifying. Uh, you're essentially creating a, a twin or a clone of yourself who is fully conscious uh, and who is made to suffer forever. You've sent, you've incessantly imprisoned a person forever. Oh God. Uh, it's why did I do that? <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a lot of cool mysteries and stuff. Uh, so it's interesting that the, the final big twist, if, if you want to call it that I, I sort of called it, but it was pulled off in such a way as I've still found it rewarding, which is like a mm. rare feat. Cause you, you don't want to catch the audience completely off guard because then it's like oh you didn't foreshadow this enough this is just out of nowhere and also you you don't want to just tell them something they already figured out it's like yeah. a thin line where you're like ah yeah 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 i saw that yeah i thought so mm, yeah great cool <laughs> like and they it's, nailed it i i i cannot stress how awesome the season finale was like legit edge of my seat shouting at the television which is not a reaction i tend to have i'm usually very muted when i'm watching any kind of media outside of crying which you just do sometimes mm-hmm. when they bring up robin williams and jumanji or something like that you know it just happens it's a very cool thing all we understand we get it um but like this finale for some reason like i like everyone i know has shouted at the television <laughs> at the season finale <laughs> of severance because you're just like what are you doing yeah, exactly. I think Joe was like, "Oh, well, fuck! How is there one more?" And I was like, "No, that's it." And she's like, "Wow, oh, no!" Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah, perfectly it's, it's great. Uh, executed. Uh, partially, uh, some of the episodes directed by Ben Stiller, by the way, who uh, 
I've actually found to always be a very interesting director. I, I always really liked his, uh, uh, the secret life of Walter Mitty mm-hmm. that came out in like the early 2010s. Um, that's like a super underrated movie. I feel like that one, I think holds up if you ever go check that out. Yeah. I mean, Ben Stiller born into an acting family, kind of born on third base there, uh, and did a lot of like lowbrow comedy, which is fine. Whatever. You got to pay the bills. I would do it. <laughs> for the hey, we, we have an episode called cock goblin you know what, what are you yeah uh, who am i to throw stones uh but it does feel like he's reached a point where he's like you know what i'm just gonna see if i can make some heartfelt art with all my money and success and honestly that's that's badass um yeah i'm, I'm happy for him. it's also still dumb sometimes just you know it's also still sometimes a very silly goofy thing there's a waffle party and if you know you know <laughs> the waffle. honestly that's another thing where i never in a million years could have guessed what was coming and then it happened and i was just like you got me ben stiller i did not know what the waffle party was gonna be congratulations um that and the goat there's a, a goat oh man yeah <laughs> so severance highly recommended can't wait for the next season it was renewed that's good yes um what the on apple plus by the way in case you're curious where this is the much beloved uh <laughs> streaming service no one knows about unless you have an iphone basically yeah the the apple uh pickings are pretty slim but the two shows we watched severance and mythic quest were both very good yeah, Mythic Quest is if you're an Always Sunny fan or just a video game fan, I'd say like Mythic Quest is like a slam dunk easy watch. I I really thought cuz I remember when it was announced at E3, they had Rob McElhenney come out on stage and be like, "We've partnered with Ubisoft to make a a, a TV show." And I was like, "Yeah, this is going to get canceled after 5 <laughs> episodes and suck dick because who <laughs> Ubisoft doesn't know anything about making fucking shows." Um, but apparently they just uh, provided a lot of resources and stuff, and uh, it's re- it's astonishingly well-researched for a mainstream product about video games. Uh, infamously, like CSI and stuff with the two people uh, typing on the same keyboard kind of shit that happens yeah. in TV. It's like no one has ever seen a fucking video game. Oh my god, there's an episode of Sopranos where they're playing Mario Kart and Tony is controlling it with one hand on the N64 <laughs> controller. It's <laughs> savage. Have you ever seen? I cannot believe they did that. Like, someone had to know. Um, but this, though, this they actually get into like monetization. And That'd be great if like some like sixteen year old intern on the set was like, actually, uh-huh. Mister Giamatti, you should be uh, or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Mister Giamatti, it's Paul Giamatti and Stanley Tucci. <laughs> We're just recreating sideways. <laughs> Someone's just like, you have to use both hands. He's like, I'm not doing both hands. Oh, Mafangul, <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. Yeah, I'm s- two hands on this. I'm so good. I can do it with one hand. Maroon. <laughs> That's his character choice. He's like, Tony's good enough. He only needs one hand. And he always plays Yoshi, let me tell you. He's f- <laughs> Yoshi's a G. He's faster, I can tell. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, actually, there's a weird uh, synergy between Mythic Quest and the season of Dice Funk, which is that the main characters are extremely reprehensible, and I know, I know that puts some people off. I think it's hilarious. I am a always sunny sicko. Uh, yeah, but I, dude, it's the best. Like shitty characters rule. I I spent this entire season being like, oh man, I hope Dark Justice wins. <laughs> I feel like we've we've cultivated an audience though who wants uh, the power of friendship to bring the group together in love and harmony. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you ever want to just like you're like guys this one season we're just gonna really force like it's just gonna be a found family and no party member betrays the party and ends up the antagonist or you're just like yeah, fuck it every season let's go wild i mean i've i 
I I try to offer gentle guidance, but at the end of the day, I I trust my players to do what they want. Uh, I can't I can't control them. I mean, if you'll recall, there's a season like I was like everyone's assassins, and then a couple people weren't assassins, and then I was like, uh, everyone's orcs. No one makes an orc. <laughs> like I don't know. I just can't control them. So, you know, if you give me guidance, I'm gonna make the perfect character for you, and then the day of i'm gonna be like no it's that trash can controlled by mice <laughs> idea i told you about before <laughs> this is like the third mice character it's been pitched to me fucking uh there's the the new york uh, pizza rats uh from grendel um then there was uh sam wanted to be do a mice based character and i was like there was just a mice based character last season and now this what's everyone's obsession with mice <laughs> what is happening <laughs> And one of those good ass mice, you know. Yeah. Look at them being all squeaky and shit. Um, so, is there anything else Do you want to talk about? The Magic: The Gathering leak, big big story <sighs> stuff. It just makes me sad. <laughs> if it's true, a huge swing coming up with the new Magic: The Gathering set. If you don't know, it's had an ongoing story for thirty years, which is wildly impressive. Uh, and uh, it appears, you know, skip ahead a minute if you don't want to hear. A uh, long-time character, Jaya Ballard, is going to bite it. Uh, she, an iconic character from the early days of Magic. She's literally grown up with the game. Uh, she mm. started off, you know, in her prime, and she's now, like, gray, a gray-haired grandma. Yeah. Uh, so That that part doesn't hit me as much, because I've been sort of predicting that. Death. I thought that was going to happen during War of the Spark, mm. to be honest. And still, still they killed uh, f- the fucking thief guy? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Dak Faden, no! Yeah, beloved and character he, Dak Faden. And he died in a fucking Lincoln Park AMV for the goddamn fucking thing. He didn't even die in the set. Yeah, usually for the audience, uh, the story is like is shown on the cards, or you can pick up a card where it's like, uh, you know, deicide, and it shows Elspeth killing Heliod on the card. It's like, oh, sick. This is a great moment frozen in time on my collectible game piece. Uh, but you know, kind of C tier C tier character Dak Faden owned off screen, as it were. Didn't get a card in the set where he died. Yeah, the only character I think who died, you got to see a card from him, is fucking Domri Rage, just getting fucking murked by his own army. You're just like, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, um, but I guess I guess you're alluding to the thing that really messed you up is who kills Jaya Ballard. Yeah, which is going to be a fan favorite Ajani. Goldmane, who has, is going to be turned into a Phyrexian, who are the the longtime villains. Uh, they just they were gone from the game for like I don't know, fifteen years. They're their early uh, villains of the game, and uh, they're back now. And their whole thing is that they worship uh, machines, and they want to replace all flesh with machines in a process called completion, which they have done recently to also fan favorite character Tamio. In a cruel yep. twist, uh, and now it seems like they've exclusively gone for the characters. Like Tamio has like a family. Mm. Like she's the only planeswalker who's like a mother and actually has like dependents. So like yeah, sure, turn her into one. And then it's like a Johnny who is just like the sweet like nurturing the only like his his magic is soul magic which is just like to help other people get stronger and better and they're like yeah fucking kill him meanwhile there's like 18 fucking just dirt bags running around the universe who are just like cool this is great we're getting we're dodging this left and right i mean if, if i think in the kamigawa episode of weekly manga recap i was on i said yes. i thought that the completion was ultimately going to be reversible uh, because it lets them raise the stakes by completing a bunch of blowed characters, but then ultimately undoing it later. 
Uh, and that definitely feels like uh, is going to be the case because Ajani being so. Ajani being gone forever would be brutal. He was uh, one of the Lorwyn Five, the first five Planeswalkers ever put on cards. Uh, so, you know, making him gone for evil forever. I mean, it would be bold, but I feel like uh, eventually people are going to want Tamio and Ajani back. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think Ajani is also like one of the top three or four like most popular planeswalkers. I think it's like Jace, Chandra, Liliana, him. Mm. So also, uh, Lorwyn five members. Yeah, suck it, Garuk. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> fucking own dude. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, there is consequences, right? Jaya J- yes. is probably going to stay dead, with the exception of Elspeth. Dead characters have stayed dead. R.I.P. Venser, my fave. Um, but <laughs> R.I.P. Dovid Bond also died off screen. But yeah, fucking Azorius planeswalkers taking massive L's at every opportunity. I I was pretty worried that it was going to be Teferi who die in this set, and I was. I was very nervous, so I guess I'm grateful that that's not the case, because he is a supremely cool character. I have to assume that part of undoing the completion will be uh, Teferi-related, because his his domain is time magic. Uh-huh. So if the, the, the solution to this whole thing is, like, I'm going to overload my time powers and undo the transformations, but at the cost of my own life, like, I feel like that's a obvious place this could go. Yeah. Um, it also it kind of gets him off the board because he's so powerful. I feel like uh, it's kind of uh, you can't let the Avengers have the Infinity Gauntlet and all the gems, you know? Yeah, eventually you gotta you gotta take the Hulk and Thor and Captain Marvel off the same team because you know what, what are they gonna fight? Yeah, um, I I think there's you know stuff going on with Teferi because uh, there's dangling plot threads with uh, his homeland, which he phased out of reality. I feel like that has to. Zelfier yep, or something Michelle like that. Fear. Yeah. Uh, they have to kind of conclude that. But he has a daughter who can carry on the torch. I, and yeah. also the way the Phyrexians are defeated the first time was that uh, uh, Gerard, the hero of that arc, you know, gave his life. So, oh, I, uh, I think the thing I'm most excited for with Dominaria United is I'm like, oh, come on, give me that sweet new, give me that sweet new slime foot card, give it to me. <laughs> I know you got it in there. Do you think they're going to pick up all those threads? It feels like they put them out there to see if people were interested and uh, that people weren't that interested in the new Weatherlight crew. Um. Well, I think it, it it's a weird thing that Magic is in right now where it both exists to simultaneously create as much intellectual property as it possibly can, but then doesn't really have the capacity to follow up on a lot of it. See, the fact that, like, Garuk actually was reintroduced to the story and saved from being cursed forever and hasn't shown up in a set in three years. Because just like, I don't know, we'll, we'll get back to that eventually, you know? So I just kind of assume that's what their thought process here is. Is like, all right, maybe we'll, you know, when we go back to Dominaria, these guys would be it. And they're like, oh, shit, we're actually going with something a lot bigger. But, you know, they made a perfect cycle of, you know, 10 legendary characters and assuming legendary matters is a theme of the set i assume they'll all get their own cards as uncommons again or many rares speaking of uh revisiting old plot points uh there was a a a figure in uh early stories related to liliana called the raven man who was mentioned from time to time uh and then they just stopped mentioning it i i imagine it had been 20 years since it came up um i'm looking at the stories now now there was some earlier uh 2017 
Magic Origins. Yeah, okay. So that's that's five years. Not as much as I thought, but um, they've uh, in the leak. Uh, it is now revealed who the Raven Man was. Uh, early villain Lim Duel, who I don't know that anyone but sickos like me remember. Um, <laughs> this is this is like at the end of Eternals when Star Fox shows up and only fucking nerds were like, ooh! Uh-huh. Everyone else was like, why is Harry Styles here? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is definitely one of those moments where it's like, if you've read all the comics, then you know what's going on. If not, you'll watch the explainer later or... Yeah, I'll, I'll go watch Magic Arcanum and he'll he'll let me know who Lim Duel is. Yeah, he was, that was a villain from the Ice Age arc who I, I think he was like a minion of the main villain, Lashrak, who was himself trying to summon a different villain, um... Fuck Merit Lage. A lot of villains in the Ice Age arc. <laughs> yeah, um, they need them. They're at the at the pace magic is going. They they have systematically removed like every major threat that they've created, or like just left left enough of like a hole that like oh well they could they could maybe come back. But like once the Phyrexians are done, you're like all right. Well, what's left? Uh, Emrakul's coming back, baby. <laughs> It's spaghetti time. (laughs) I genuinely don't know how long it's going to be before we get back to Eldrazi. For balance reasons and fatigue reasons, it feels like they really blew their load on the Eldrazi. Yeah, I think people were pretty tired of them after uh, the Zendikar uh, and a straw block combination of them. Yeah. Um, And there's only so much design space you could do with like, all right, well, this costs like 17 mana. Yeah. So its effects got to be broken. But we also recognize that Commander exists now, and you can cheat out 17 mana creatures on turn three, like, all the time. So, like, it can't be that busted. Yeah, that, that's a thing. They've, they've kind of boxed themselves into uh, a power limit because, I mean, they could do something like that with Phage the Untouchable, where it's like, if you cheat this into play, you lose. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I like Phage, but I feel like a lot of people find that annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting mechanic. I wonder if they're going to be that excited to, like, template that for all these big cards as opposed to, like, corner cases. But it's also it's the, also the reason they had to ban Birthing Pod, which is that it's one of those cards where the more cards get printed, the better it gets. And so it's essentially exponential. That's, like, the cards you're referring to, like, Sneak Attack, where you cheat a card, or uh, Vengeance of the Gorio, where it's like, oh, now we can never do anything more powerful than, like, this threshold or it breaks the all of this balance retroactively. So yeah, and then everything right now exists in this place where they have to design it explicitly with commander in mind as well. So much so that the uh, draft only set Unfinity, which is like a joke format, had to reformat though because it used to just be well these are joke cards you're not supposed to play these in any constructed format. So to make that easily identifiable, we put silver borders around it. But then this time they're like, and eh, people only really like to buy sets for Commander nowadays. So we got to make sure some of these cards are Commander legal. So now you have to identify it. If there's a little tiny acorn stamp on the bottom of the card, then it means it's not legal. It reminds me of Fortnite where they're like, yeah, you made this cool game where enemies try to attack you and you uh, you have to build stuff during the day and then you fight at night. And they're like, people are just like, we don't care. And they're like, I love that. I love that version of the game. But then they're like, hey, we did this battle royale thing. And it's like sickos. Yes, meme. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, well, I guess this is what it is now. Like magic is just commander the way battle royale is Fortnite, (laughs) Um, which I mean, people like what they like. I'm not going to like be mad about it. But uh, if you were into the original thing, uh, it does suck to suck sometimes. 
it, it, it it's a thing that like you have to endure and deal with. It definitely can be a bit annoying. Um, but you know, we all we all survive eventually. We I all survive to... eventually. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I, ADD kind of took over, and I was like, "What?" what? I gotta tell what you, I think it's the opposite. But it's uh, <laughs> I'm not really interested in getting into a fight over this. I don't know if that's true. I've thought about it. It feels like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> we all live forever always. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I accept what it is, and I just try to make fun, goofy commander. I just made a Slowgurk deck, the big old slime boy from uh, Midnight Hunt. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't actually played much with it, but it's been played against me, and it's always like, oh, fuck, it has one other ability? How many? Yeah. <laughs> How many lines of text are on this fucking thing? It, it is legit. Like, it's one of the few where I was like, all right, it has too many lines of text, but they're all, like, fine levels of text. It's not like fucking questing beast. Uh-huh. We were just like, why the fuck does that have haste, too? Why can't it be blocked by things with power two or less? I don't understand this card. Gotta go on a quest to understand the card. <laughs> Gotta answer its riddles three. I, I, I feel like the questing beast is a card that every time I look at it, I forget some extra ability it had. And I'm just like, God damn it. I hate the card all over again. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. Um, excited about the last uh, Phyrexian Praetors. Uh, Elish Norn, one of my favorite characters in fiction. Her whole fucking design rocks. Uh, and I'm really excited to see her again. Shieldred, I don't play black, but I'm interested to see how it rolls. Uh uh, the the red praetor was a bit of a disappointment. I feel like most people didn't yeah. care for Urbrask, but the other two were the, interesting. The part that stunk too is they showed what like a previous version of the design was going to be for Urbrask, and it was fucking awesome. Like it was super cool. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find. Yeah, it show me that. Here. I don't know if I've seen this because the current one is just like uh, you get an extra card or turn, and your opponent uh, can't play. Basically, can't keep. They have to uh, impulse play all their stuff, which is fine. But it's like five mana, and it's in the format with Goldspan Dragon, and it's just like yeah. you know, I'm not spending five red mana on something that isn't Goldspan Dragon. <laughs> like you, you fucked up by printing that. I, even the uh, the version on Magic Arena they just changed for Alchemy is still a house. Um, they they yeah. nerfed Goldspan, and it still rocks. Um, yeah, the balance, the balance stuff, I don't have to get into too, too much cause I'm not like a super competitive player. Uh, but the, there's been a couple of, of mistakes recently. I feel like as far as power level goes, I, I'm going to be psyched when gold span leaves. Um, yeah. Uh, so the original one was four red, red, six, six menace at the beginning of your upkeep exile top card or library. You may cast it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, they exile a top card of the library, and then Urbrass deals damage to that player equal to the card's mana value. So they don't get to cast the card, and he also just fucking dings them for damage. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, that's way better than the current version now, which is like, uh, you have to play that card this turn, or you just, unless you draw another card, because you get to keep that one. I was like, dude, they, I don't know why they restricted Urbrass so much. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, I have to play this card this turn, or I lose it? Well, good thing it's a Goldspan Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> bet you wish you had spent five red mana on this bitch yeah uh, whereas i like this version a lot more that's just like uh what's his name bob the fucking the dude who like reveals the top card of the library you just take damage equal to cmc or whatever you're just like oh dude why did i put expropriate in this deck yeah it's um twilight shepherd right where it does it to your opponent 
I think so. Isn't there a guy called like Party Bob or like nickname Party? He's not actual card name. It's not Party uh, Bob. Yeah, I mean Bob is uh, the dark confidant. Is Bob? Yeah. Oh, uh, and then there's a guy who does it for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting. Dark. When I got back into Magic, because I stopped playing for a while, um, basically through high school and college. Um, when I got back in, Dark Confidant was one of the most played cards. It was like a hundred and twenty dollars a copy, uh, and now it is just—it's essentially unplayed. It's still expensive, uh, but nowhere near as much. Looked it up, twenty-five dollars. So it has lost, you know, seventy percent of its value since I got back in. It, It's—it's it's interesting how things change. Tarmogoyf as well used to be. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that was like a hundred and some dollar card at one point. Absolutely, and I'm looking now, fifteen dollars for yeah it's not bad Tarmo. D- double masters helped out a little bit and then it stopped because they they underprinted the set so now people are spiking everything back up but your boy did get uh a crucible of worlds for like 20 i think nice and i was like there you go i mean also it's just they've they've printed so many flexible answers a fatal push probably one of the biggest ones where it just makes uh, some of those those low cost Jun cards that used to be dominant unviable. It's like why play Tarmogoyf when you can Questing Beast, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can sit there and you're like, it has Vigilance too. What? Why? <laughs> Every time you look away, it gets another ability. It's like that Doctor <laughs> Who episode Blink. Uh, you have to keep your eyes on Questing Beast at all times. Uh, stupid. It has death punch too. <laughs> I, guess. I told you not to look away. Uh, oh my god, I hate this guy so much. All right, I, I this was a lot of fun. I feel like uh, the audience should enjoy this uh, thing we did. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I could just do this all day, but uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, hey, it's up to you. I, I know there's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three coming out today. I don't know if you have any. Any thoughts on that? Um, I love Monolith, the company that makes those games. Xenosaga, a previous series they made, huge for me. In fact, uh, when I found out Joa played Xenosaga growing up, that was like, uh, I was like, oh, we definitely have to date now. Um, <laughs> we met. I was like, this is an obscure JRPG that no one I've ever met has even heard of, and you have played it. So, like, uh, I'm going to adopt your cat <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Xenoblade games, not the Xenosaga, the Xenoblade games I have always found tedious. They have 10,000 systems and 100 little things to fidget with, and they're so long. Um, like, people talk shit about the Xenosaga games because they have endless hours of cutscene, but, like, that's fine. Let me watch a little movie. Let me see what Cosmos is up to. I want to hear what Shion has to say about this. Uh, but Xenoblade Chronicles is just like, fuck, I'm going to have to block off some time in my schedule to fucking change all this equipment and <laughs> equip all these skills. You had, to, you, had, you had to schedule it into your little calendar, like 1 to 130 update gems yeah. in all sockets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not even saying that it's bad necessarily. I think uh, it has a lot of interesting elements. The music in a lot of the games has been cool. On, or, or like camp fun uh, chronicles x i believe is the game i had like a j-rock soundtrack that was fun uh the kind of open worlds that have are relatively unique among jrpgs as far as their, their size and scope um but just playing them it feels like uh it everything takes six times longer than it needs to yeah so no that's that's a real reality i i played through part of one when they did the uh, 3DS port, and I was like, ah, oh, because I, I always, 
ambitiously i'm like i'd like to get into uh like a long good jrpg again but instead of just buying it this time like all right you don't even know what the first two were fully about because you got like halfway through the first one even that so now i'm watching a let's play while i do work basically uh and i'm like oh, man this is there's a lot going on there's a lot of names getting thrown around i'm already feeling lost and i'm watching somebody playing it and explain it to me so i don't know i there's always a part of me that's like is the part of me that likes to play games that isn't pokemon just gone because i'll play pokemon all day that's that's non-stop give me give me pokemon i'll play it all day all night but uh i don't know maybe kingdom hearts 3 was like my my swan song of like fun long jrpgs yeah i mean first of all you know you and i are gonna play the shit out of these new pokemon games quaxley is gonna get quite quite a workout uh coming this november I can't wait. Him and Smallo are going to be best friends. I'm going to make them hang out. <laughs> it's it's going to rock. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels like the, I don't know. The JRPG momentum is moving in different directions. Like, um, I don't know if, I mean, the, the have you played any of the Persona games? They are also extremely long and complicated. Yeah. Well, but, um, I played five and I, I enjoyed five a lot. That's probably the last big JRPG I played and enjoyed. I'm sorry, Kingdom Hearts 3, but <laughs> You were very mid. <laughs> it was. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is hilarious. We probably have talked about this somewhere, but the the, the script is so funny because they like do some story stuff at the beginning and there's some story stuff at the end and everything in the middle is completely I- immaterial. <laughs> nonsense. It was as though someone was like, oh my God, we have to put the Disney worlds in the game. <laughs> and they were like, just shove them in the middle. Uh, it's, it's a st- very strangely structured thing. Um, Although there is there is one moment that I was like, I don't know, this is absolutely, objectively, the wrong call to make, but whoever made this call, I love them for it, is you go to the Frozen world, and, like, in every Disney world, you get to team up with somebody, mm-hmm. usually, like, you get their partner, so, like, obviously, when you go to the Frozen world, you will team up with Elsa, the Ice Mage, and instead you do not, and you team up with Marshmallow, the big snowman she makes that I didn't even know had a name, <laughs> and that's your partner for the world, and I was like, Look, for every person who really loved Frozen, this is a strict downgrade. For exclusively me, this was the best choice you could have made, and I want to spend all my time here with Marshmallow. One of the only parts I remember of that game like vividly is trying to find Olaf's body. Like He gets <sighs> split up, and it's like, I would rather be cleaning my apartment <laughs> than doing this. Yeah, like, I wish I was being on it right now. <laughs> um i was just gonna say though that uh, there are there are some good jrpgs out there but it feels like everyone's moving away from the classic style or not everyone like there are some indie stuff out there but like the new final fantasy is like not gonna be final fantasy is on like such a wild track where you're just like i don't know what these games are anymore like they're in in a good way truthfully they're indecipherable (laughs) from like the first 10 uh, even the first like six you're just like i don't even understand what's going on here like i can't even see these as the same franchise anymore which is probably a good thing you know when you make 15 of something you'd like to hope it's not completely like it's the same thing as the first but like i yeah when i like uh what four no 13 no 15 <laughs> <laughs> whatever was the one with the dudes in the car 15 like yeah i've tried to play it like six or seven times and i'm always just like I know people love this, but man, I I'm just I feel like something here is not clicking with me. I don't I don't quite get it. I, I do appreciate how much effort went into making sure the food looked photorealistic, but you gotta do that because they were sponsored by a ramen company. 
That is true. Um, yeah, if the Final Fantasy VII remake looks really pretty, but like the combat system just isn't what I'm looking for. I don't think. Did you know the Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy X take place in the same world? No, they don't. <laughs> yes, they no, do. They no, don't. they've officially no. Square Enix has said now yeah. that they do. Yeah, get you, their mouth is in the same universe as my dick. <laughs> that's official. I've announced it. <laughs> no, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just say anything <laughs> nobody who worked on 7 is at the company anymore uh, alright <laughs> I love your strong line in the sand attitude um, but yeah a, a lot of a lot of games are moving towards a more uh, Souls style I don't know if you've played um, Code Vein was a recent um, game Neo I mean so these all have RPG elements they aren't strictly JRPGs but they're Japanese RPGs if you know what I mean um, and I like that I, I literally uh, I've <laughs> beat Demon Souls in two days the remake um, who was your favorite boss oh that's it's interesting because I feel like the game is, uh, uh, yeah. Can can I try to guess your favorite boss from Demon's Souls? I had to look up a list of them, but there was a period of time when I was playing Bloodborne where in between sessions I would just watch Souls content, uh-huh. and I do remember hearing about some good bosses from Demon's Souls. Yeah, they're pretty, so. they're pretty good. I was just going to say that I feel like the game uh, is a lot harder than it felt because I have so much experience. I've played every single one of these that From has made. Uh, and so it's like, I, I sh- should have gotten my ass kicked a lot more than I did. And that's not saying like, oh, I'm, I have elite gamer skills or anything. It's just like, I know the rhythms of these games so, so much now. They're very comfortable for me. Um, but th- there's some, there's some good bosses in there. I, I, I want to go on a rim. Can I, can I guess your favorite? Sure. I'm going to say old King a lot. Um, you know, I, I felt like it was a good first draft for the final boss fight of Dark Souls 1 and 3, which have very similar uh, kind of fights. Uh, I don't dislike it. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to go say I do because he has an ability that <gasps> he can steal your your uh, used experience points, like your soul level, your, your actual character uh, level, which feels unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> that is pretty harsh. Um yeah, I'm 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 thinking of what my favorite boss is. Um Phalanx. <laughs> Phalanx is fun. Dudes and spikes. Yeah, just a little, it's just a squishy guy. Um maybe maybe a, a a controversial pick. I'm gonna say man eater. Oh, that I don't think I've heard many people say that. Uh this is a look at him. He looks he's, he looks like a fun little guy. It's essentially a big gargoyle, and um this fight was almost done it was remade shot for shot for Dark Souls. Uh, in this, it's called the Belfry Gargoyles fight. Uh, they have the same gimmick, which is you start fighting one, and then they get them down to like half health, and another one shows up. And in Dark Souls, the Belfry Gargoyles are just fucking brutal. They absolutely, uh, I have ended uh, untold number of playthroughs. Like people just give up at that point. It's so unnecessarily hard. I feel like if you got through that that fucking what capper demon inside that room, like you open the door, the capper demon just charges in and fucking kills you. Like if you got past that guy, you should be able to get through the gargoyle. It's funny you say that because I I think I beat the capper demon on my first try, and then I got absolutely raffle stomped by the belfry gargoyles. Oh, wow. um, it's not once again not a elite gamer thing. I think I just got lucky um, with my with my build and with you know just the dodge timing. Um, but Belfry Gargoyles, it feels like a, a tutorial for multiplayer. 
Like it's like, oh, you one on one you can handle this, but two on one it's impossible. So so summon someone. That feels like the intention of that. Um, but a lot of people don't think summoning is legitimate, so they just get ripped a new asshole for hours. Yeah. But Man Eater, uh, it took me like three tries. Um, and I felt like it was just perfectly balanced. I, I, did, I never summoned in the entire game. Uh, I just took everything one-on-one and it was like, oh, this is challenging. It's tough, but it's fair. It's dynamic. And it just felt really, when I beat it, I was like, hell yeah. Like that was a good fight. It was hard, but uh, I really liked it a lot. So I don't know. I think, I think it's controversial. I think a lot of people have strong feelings about a uh, flame lurker, which is like a really hard demonic boss that I, I think I also beat on my first try. Uh, Armor spider was, it's kind of a generic boss, but that beat me a hundred times. I just kept losing. And that's because I started with a class that only had fire magic and he's resistant to fire magic. Um, eventually I just left, came back later when I had a different spell. Um, but I, that's the one I feel like uh, <laughs> I made way harder for myself. Uh, the coolest. Aw, Dirty Colossus looks fun. Yeah, I, that guy's weak to fire, and I had a fire mage, so I just burned his ass down. For <laughs> He didn't really get a shot off. But he's, but he's got like a spooky little face. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the coolest fight conceptually is Old Monk. Which is, um, it's actually, it's, so you, it's this monk in a robe, and when you walk in the room, the robe f- flies off of him and he dies. And then you realize it's actually the robe that's the boss. And what it does is it f- finds someone who's online and brings them into the game and puts the robe on them and makes you fight a player. Which is cool. I got absolutely slapped around like six times. Um, and then the last time, uh, I don't know if the person went easy on me or if <laughs> I, I was in sicko mode. But yeah, I, I, I ruffle stomped him the last time. And that's cool. It's just very variable. You might have a great experience. You might have a bad experience, but it's it's the coolest idea. Yeah, I do like that. I like that. it's fun. Like that's nifty. They kind as the kids would say. They kind of did something similar in Dark Souls Two with the mirror guy. I want to say mirror knight. He had like a shield that was a mirror, and like it would summon phantoms through the mirror to fight you. I don't remember exactly how that worked. I played that years ago at this point but um i thought there was one in maybe dark souls 3 as well like or maybe a dlc where there's a boss where if you go in it summons some yeah. like another player that was in the dlc yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. um dark souls 3 i loved that game so much i feel like uh people were a little harsher on it than they, than they should have been i i've watched so many i i feel as though if you create youtube content for any some like from soft game uh it's in your contract to never create a video that's under an hour and a half long. <laughs> like everything is like, I want to talk about this one boss in an early part of the game. And then you look at the time code, you're like four and a half hours. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're just dense. They're just full of yeah. care and content, which is interesting because uh, uh, Demon Souls is so straightforward compared to some of the other ones. It's like the story has, uh, I'm not saying it has no like layers or anything, but comparatively, like you could sum it up in like a couple of sentences and it's like there's not uh that infinite like recursion in the the dark souls games where it's like yeah you can make a six hour video essay just untangling the characters and their relationship to each other and stuff and in demon souls like it's it's pretty pretty straightforward um and so partly what they've been doing is remaking the same game every couple of years and just adding <laughs> more complexity until you get to elden ring where it's like yes the main characters are uh Michaela, Mc- melania makuvia <laughs> and then it's R- radon R- radigan uh radish oh, from, um the the godzilla franchise i gotcha uh-huh. it's a crossover I'm looking at the uh, bosses of Dark Souls 3 now, and they're so sick. Pontiff, Sullivan, 
fucking uh the the high lord volnir fucking badass as hell aldrich uh the dancer who's, of the who's boreal favorite, valley who's your who's your favorite dark souls boss gaping dragon yeah that did, that's right you did tell me that one i, I did that didn't take any thought that's just the sickest monster design that's honestly what got me back in because um when when dark souls one came out um it wasn't you know a huge smash and everything at the time people were like oh this is too hard and i gave up and i also played it and got you know like one or two bosses in and it's just like fuck i think i was working at bt at the time so i was like i have to play other games for work <laughs> I was like, there's something here, but I don't have time. And then, so when I came back to it, you know, a couple of years later, I was like, this fucking rocks. And part of the reason I gave it another try, I think I just saw like a video of the gaping dragon. And I was like, I, I need this <laughs> like psychologically, spiritually, I need this in my life. Yeah. Uh, I always liked grave Lord Nito. He's very he neat. Seems, he seems cool. I like skeletons. Uh huh. Yeah, the, the, the Dark Souls one, kind of like the four lords, uh, guys, those are all, they all had sick designs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. I, 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 I don't know if they're my games, unfortunately, uh, but I did greatly enjoy watching Let's Plays of them. Like, I watched somebody do a Let's Play of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and I'm like, that's a cool game. I'm glad I never played it, because I could already tell, like, just from watching somebody play it, I was like, this looks infuriating. <laughs> But I greatly enjoyed watching it be played. I, I genuinely don't know if I've ever overcome more to do a thing than beating Sekiro. Because you can't summon. There just simply is no summoning. And there's no, uh, like, stat increases. So you just, you are the character you are. And you just have to get good. Which is something, some, people say that about all the games. But it's not true. You can summon or just blow your stats completely out. Like, there's, even if you're not great at Dark Souls, if you have, like, maxed out stats in, like, the Moonlight Greatsword, like, you can just kind of button mash through a lot of it. Uh, Sekiro simply is not that way. And uh, there's, a there's a, like, a mid-boss where it's, like, a three-phase fucking showdown on top of this castle. And I got, I got through the first phase... And I was like, yes, I'm so good at this. And then I I got creamed a thousand times in the second phase. And then I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to set the, the whole day aside to get good at this. And then I beat it. And I was like, I am a golden god. And then the third phase started. And I just put the controller down and just let him kill me. And I'm just like, it's been days. I've put so much into this. How is this possible? What do you want from Please, me? I need to eat. <laughs> uh, but eventually beating that game just straight up on my own. Like, I don't know. It's just corny to say. But it's like it felt like satisfying on like any other thing. And it's it's unfortunate that the game's not more accessible. Uh, but in a selfish way, like it really gave you're an elite club. <laughs> I, I, I fully am able to admit this fact about myself. I do not have that patience to get good. Like in that way. Cause it's not like I'm like, Oh, well, these challenges are too great for me. I'm just like, I'm just going to fucking get so angry and bitchy throughout <laughs> the process of this though. Like it's just not going to be pleasant for myself. Like I will not feel that satisfaction at the end. I have broken so many Sega Genesis controllers <laughs> and N64 controllers in my life just getting angry at video games that I recognize. I was like, this is not the side of it needs to come out. I'm going to go over and do a Nuzlocke now. Nice. I mean, I, I, have you I, have you now that you've seen Lost feel any interest in going back to read the original Nuzlocke comics to understand why <laughs> Nuzlocks are called Nuzlocke? Oh, no. I, I've All the puzzle pieces are falling into place. It, it it always makes me laugh that people it's just the colloquial term now of Nuzlocke and I'm like it's all named after Locke from Lost because that was the, the dude who watched it loved it. Oh my god, that's so fucked up. I didn't even know that. 
It's that and um, what's his name? Cody Johnson who does the some more news guy. Yeah. I know him as the Lost Explains guy because back in the day he had a Tumblr account where he explained everything about Lost for the people who were too dumb to get it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so that is the only place I know him from. Every time I see him, I'm just like, he's the guy who helped me explain, you know, understand a couple things about season six. I, if For me, he's the Cracked guy. He used to work at Cracked.com, yeah. which used to be a website that was something. And now it's not. I assume it's still there, but I don't know that it has any use for anyone sure i'm sure there's somebody probably you know <laughs> the internet has changed so much is everything is just like um on twitter now or i guess instagram and tiktok which i don't use i was gonna, I was gonna say oh you have to get tiktok you have to get tiktok it's the best you all are so sick <laughs> everyone's so <laughs> fucked up on tiktok and they're constantly sending me tiktoks i don't know i the the greatest the, the, i want to explain to you mm-hmm. a great thing about the tiktok experience right now I was flipping through on my feed, and I, I I follow a bunch of nerdy stuff, so I'll get stuff that's, like, nerd adjacent that I'm not into, and I scroll past. And there was one thing where there was a puppet who was, like, talking about Star Wars lore, and I was like, yeah, I don't get that much shit about Star Wars, so I just flipped past it. Then I just saw a video that's just, like, the Star Wars puppet's racist guys. <laughs> and then there's... Another video I flipped through, and it's two other puppets who explain, they're like, guys, we need to have a conversation in the puppet community about about homophobia and things like that. You're like, this is so wild. What is happening right now? Oh, man. I'm a fully old man yells at clouds about TikTok. (laughs) I don't think anyone should be allowed to film themselves. I think film was a mistake. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. You guys are going to see Nope soon, right? Yeah, we're going to go this weekend with Leon. Oh, it's so good. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I feel like everyone has seen the tweet, but if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the tweet, the the, pl- oh, so the plan is for Leon to be on next season. Uh, so hold on to your butts and or other stuff, because uh, if you haven't heard Leon, Renegade Cut Thomas, play D&D before, uh, I expect I'm going to be trampled. I am going to be bulldozed. I was going to say, if you thought this season where there were conversations about new drugs that <laughs> take up an entire episode, I, I feel like I feel like Leon's just going to gore you over. <laughs> yeah. I, you'd think he'd be the most buttoned up one because he's the most like normal. Like His online persona is just like a guy who you know tells you about stuff and he's like not constantly being a fucking weird beard like we are. But uh, once he gets into character... All bets are off. So I I know I know his current character idea for next season, and um, it's it's giving me heartburn as I think about it sitting here. <laughs> what was the? Didn't you have like a role in the second season? You're like you can do anything you want. Just <laughs> please have two legs. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm gonna be a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, that's on me. I, I gave him. A, I forged a weapon and pointed it at my own heart. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> Oh, Christ. I hope everything goes well. I think the next season is going to be sick, too. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of change-ups behind the scenes. The cast might be mostly different is the current plan. It's hard. Like, I don't want to bitch about my cool job. I know right now if you're like, yeah, you know, I swing a hammer for a living. I don't want to hear your podcast whining. I get it. I used to dig ditches. I understand. Um, But it... Oh, like um, fucking Dragula. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about to slam you in the back of my Dracula Quinn. <laughs> um, but it it is so hard to get 
five adults together at the same time. The fact that we have done it so well for so long is a fucking miracle. And I just want you to recognize that. <laughs> it, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it is extreme. Having run multiple D&D groups of myself, uh, yeah, you've, you've outlived all of them. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic dilemma how hard it is to keep a campaign going. And, uh, you know, we had some hiccups. Some people have uh, disappeared uh, mid-season, traveled through time. <laughs> uh but usually and then i came back uh, it's fine usually it's worked out astonishingly well and um you know the the long hours i put into fixing the crosstalk on this show can feel wearisome um like you know not to get up my own butt but it's a lot of work and um i don't know if it feels like that when you're just hearing the jokes it just sounds like oh friends talk to each other for an hour that's not even work but um it is. I know just from what I've done on the show, how much work you've had to go into to clean it up and make it make any somber, like semblance of sense <laughs> and make it look like I'm not an idiot. <laughs> you've given like every episode, you you just you're Mr. Policeman. Please, I've given you all. The <laughs> and I'm still like, what if we just punch walls and see if something happens? Yeah. Uh, it's it's all worth it. All I've ever wanted to do is tell stories for a living, and I'm getting to do that. So, it's uh, I'm extremely grateful. Um, you know, I, I try not to be annoying about this, but you know, the Patreon and in, in, in needs your help. You know, if you're listening and you're like, I really like this the show, and I've just like never gotten around to it. Uh, now more than ever, you uh, it's, it would be really appreciated. I gotta say. Uh, you know, obviously Aoife has been the center of my universe. Um, you know, not only just since I met her, but especially this last couple of week. Um, not the only thing in my life that has gone extremely wrong. Uh, I said in, in the car the other day or like when we were leaving the uh, mechanic, I was like, I can't believe our car and our cat broke in the same week. And Joe was like, and my grandma. I was like, "Oh fuck, your oh my your grandma died, and the car broke, and Aoife broke." It's like it's the Yorsky household has been pummeled recently. So I just I want to express uh, if you've ever you know given anything at all that you made a genuine improvement in my life, and I can never Aww. be thankful enough. So thank you all. It's good stuff. That's when in wrestling they would start a "You Deserve It" chant. There'd be like six people doing it, I'm like "You deserve it." It sounds like we should uh, end this on a WWE update. Uh, Vince McMahon out. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to talk about on Weekly Monger Recap now? Awesome. I'm burnt. I'm God burning your pod. He, uh, so he yeah. still he still has uh, some control over it. He's not completely gone, but he he is for all intents and purposes gone because he is no longer the CEO nor is he in control of creative. Those are two things he has lost, which for all intents and purposes, I think he's like still has a presence on the board somewhere maybe. And that even that he might be gone, but otherwise, yeah, he, he is, he is gone. Um, and I would love this to be followed up with because he realized his time was up and, you know, was ready to move on. No, there were just so many allegations coming out about him that he had to make this step to save the company probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't follow wrestling that closely, but I know there's all these, uh, you know, affairs he paid to cover up, which is, is, I mean, if he hadn't been like a sexual scumbag, I would have been astonished. I would have like done a fucking reaction gif face. 
for for how much like women storylines in the early 2000s and 90s at wwe were just about like just an abhorrent attitude towards women and you're like who's the person who greenlights all this stuff you're like yeah i mean at some point you have to assume that it, it, it's it's probably true yeah I, I don't know all the details he seems very bad i guess my question is it, does he, he he still has like his kids working for the like he are you sure he can't yes. just like shoot a quick text over and be like uh make it racist make it more racist <laughs> <laughs> he he obviously could so the the current person who's now in control of creative is his son-in-law triple h who was a wrestler for a very long time and gained a lot of popularity because uh wwe created a sort of third brand called nxt which was mostly younger guys and triple h was in full creative control of that and that was an extremely popular product that people really enjoyed and then vince eventually disliked that it lost to the new AEW company they were head-to-head on wednesday nights and after that he took it away from triple h and changed it all up and now nobody likes it so now everybody's very excited they're like oh now triple h is in control That'll probably be better. And I think there is uh, a good reason for some optimism there. Uh, It is worth noting that WWE is also just riddled in, like, workers' rights and human rights violations left and right. And I don't know if it's necessarily the company to still 100% put your backings behind. But, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to hopefully be less racist than before. Maybe there'll be a black tag team that doesn't have either a Southern preacher gimmick or they dance a lot gimmick. I mean, it's ambitious, but maybe. Yikes. Uh, I think I've said before that, like, I I never watched wrestling very much, but my my only experience of it was I had a a friend uh, whose family, a whole family was really into wrestling. And when I go over to their house, they would have it on. And so I'd see, like, you know, bits and pieces here and there. Um, Update on me, uh, that friend... Uh, is having a baby with my sister? <laughs> Aww, like a good, a good baby. <laughs> as far as I know, a good baby. Okay, okay. Um, but a very uh, a girl next door situation happened in Florida. Uh, my sister is the girl, <laughs> and uh, this this kind of I mean the the the, the family uh, we were really close. Like I knew them growing up and stuff, and then we just fell out of contact when I left. I want to say middle school because like my parents uh, got divorced and I was, you know, we were homeless for a while and moving around and I just never saw them. But apparently, you know, later in life, my sister like, you know, ran into the son of the family and they, you know, they dated and now they're having a kid. They're not married yet, which is fine. Um, But that I was going to say, I keep saying like, uh, you know, boyfriend, I guess, not husband. Um, Where was I going with this? I guess I'm what I'm circling around and not saying directly is a kind of bummer which is that when i ran into them at the baby shower ran into them is weird they were, we were both invited <laughs> uh, nope you, you, you backed up into them <laughs> um the 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 father of the family was uh very quiet and um like you know he knows we he was my little league coach like he's known me since i was a baby basically and he was like not I don't know, excited to see me. And I thought like he was mad at me or something. And it was just, I was like, what did I do? Um, I was trying, I was like racking my brain. I was like, did he Google me and see I'm a communist <laughs> or something? <laughs> like um, the the, uh, the mom was wearing a shirt with the American flag made out of guns. If you need uh, an idea of what the family is like politically, 
Um, so I was like, oh, she's probably mad at me about something like that. And then I found out because I asked my sister later, I was like, is he, did I do something wrong? And she's like, oh, no, uh, you haven't seen him in a while. He was in a, a car crash and he's uh, brain damaged. Um, and that's he might not if he remembers you at all, he can't really express it. <laughs> so he's he's not being quiet. He's that's just him now. Um, so. Your your ski land, huh? It's there's a lot going on in, in your world. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a lot. Um, we have to do bring up one or two more funny things for a sign off. Now I don't want to end on that, but uh, I was <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh, we should bring up Rory Dragon. I was like, that's not a funny thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 manga we talked about in your show that was famously uh, under. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not underwhelming, but like underplayed. Like everyone is very chill in it. Yeah, and uh, it got so chill that it stopped publishing. <laughs> uh, it is so Weekly Shonen Jump. For people who don't know, manga is a magazine where manga is published weekly, and it uh is that's where a lot of your big uh, shonen manga series have come from. Your Naruto's, your Dragon Balls, your uh, One Pieces, all that sort of stuff. Um, it is somewhat notorious for being very physically demanding. Like there, there are um, graphs that some mangaka put out where they have to schedule in their sleep and time with their family because the schedule is so grueling and brutal. And uh, many mangaka have had uh, health issues. It was literally a plot point in a manga about making manga published in Shonen Jump that you sometimes get so injured you know what? I'll just work on it while I'm in the hospital recovering from my injuries, basically. Um, and uh, it is something that is known for happening when a series runs for a particularly long time, because uh, those injuries just start to like kind of gather up. Uh, Ruri Dragon just started. It is less than eight chapters in uh, and has already had one break. And now this time is just a full on hiatus. Uh, so it is pretty concerning, especially because uh, all reports seem to indicate this was like a, a mega hit in the making everybody seemed to really really enjoy this series so it seems fairly likely this series will be moving to another magazine where uh, it can probably be bi-weekly or you know once a month or whatever it wants its schedule to be yeah i mean this dovetails back you were talking about about the difficulties of a dream job uh and obviously you know if if you're out there busting your ass building you know a skyscraper or something you're like yeah, I would love to draw pictures for a living, you little shit. And then you're like, oh, no, it's killing these people. Like, the yeah. the, the berserk guy died. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, Togashi, who did Yu Hakusho, Hunter Hunter, uh, there's, you know, worries. Like, I, there, there, there's so many rumors about him and everything that's going on. But a lot of people are like, I wonder if we'll ever see that series end because his, like, the, the damage that's been done to his body is so extensive at this point. And I watch wrestling for a living. And, like there are wrestlers <laughs> less injured than the mangaka that I read. It's 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 wild. Could you have any hobbies that aren't viciously exploitative? Is there anything uh, you enjoy that doesn't suck the life out of its creators? Oh, <laughs> uh, the create. Um, <laughs> You're like, what about the people pulverizing factory? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like watching uh, horse races and uh, <laughs> uh, professional football. And yeah, oh fuck, I forgot about the NFL. Yeah, that's another one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I'm trying to read books now. That's that's what I'm trying to make my hobby into. And uh, you know, sometimes you read a good book about a little blob boy, and that's that's a good one. I do enjoy so a that, good blob. 
Yeah, you should read The House in the Swirling Sea. I think you'd like it. Probably. I tried to yeah. read uh, the Murakami book, uh, The Wind-Up Bird Chronicles, um, and it was really upsetting. It's about a guy who's getting cheated on, mostly, and I found that oh. very upsetting. And then there was a part where a character tells a long story about his service in the war, uh, and he saw a man get skinned, like all his skin cut off piece by piece, and I found that a refreshing respite. <laughs> Oh my from the emotional torment of normal domestic life where you're like oh. my wife come home comes home from late uh home home late from work and she has like new clothes and stuff that was way more harrowing than hearing about the guy getting his dick and balls cut off by a mongolian soldier um I, so psychoanalyze I, that <laughs> I, I, well I, if i can add a compliment to yours i found the the type of book I love the most is just downward spiral, uh, like complete psychosis break into eventual happy ending book, like books that just emotionally destroy you. I love them. Interesting. Uh, the, Mid- the Midnight uh, the Midnight Library and uh, Everyone in This Room Will Be Dead uh, is both great books. And those are both ones that just go into such downward spirals of bad decisions that like there was one of them where I was like, Oh man, I need to put this book down for a day. Cause this is, this is starting to set me off. I think I'm going to catch up on the last couple of Chuck Palahniuk releases. Oh, uh, we talked about this. <laughs> There's literally an episode of the show named after Chuck Palahniuk, uh, because he's so over the top. It's like, um, John Waters levels of like camp and silliness. Like the, the last one of his, I read, I think was about a woman who was trying to set the record for the most people fucked in a day or something. <laughs> Uh, it was just literally describing she was like laying on a bed and like there was a line out the door of men like down the block and they were just coming in and fucking her one by one. Um, and I was like, all right, bud. <laughs> all right. He's wild. I, I, I stopped after The Haunted. The Haunted was enough that I was like, I finished that book. I like dusted my hands and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a, br- a break from reading for the next seven years. I didn't start again until Game of Thrones books. <laughs> so if you have you ever heard some of the shit that happens in this show with like Clear or with like Neelith and you're like, Austin, are you a disturbed uh, monster person? It's like... I don't know. Maybe I, I've seen every Saw movie, and my main problem is that they're not gross enough. <laughs> I the entire time you guys were going through the uh, the current domain, I was like, it's the Saw domain. <laughs> it's just all traps and evil shit. It's, yeah, I think in the last episode we literally uh, talked about the film Cube, which is yeah, yeah it's it's a hundred percent Cube. I love Cube. Hate Hypercube, Cube Two, Hypercube, and uh, the third one. Uh, all those are very bad, um, but Cube rocks, and this this whole arc is basically just Cube. Which, which is the one where a dude just keeps entering into a room, dying over and over again, and there's just a dude. They eventually run into it, and the guy who's killing him just has like 17 wristwatches on it and like 40 copies of his name tag. Uh, I think that's Cube too. I I I I know I've seen I think Cube one and Cube two because they aired a lot on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. Yeah. And that's, I remember nothing about them except that scene and finding so much enjoyment out of this, this guy who's just like, I'm just going to keep killing the same guy over and over again. Yeah, Cube 1, uh, the whole reason it was made is because they didn't have enough money. So they tried to f- uh, film a movie that could be shot in one location. It's like one metal square. And they could like do a little dress up on it. But it's basically one set and one group of actors. It's very uh, cheap. Uh, Cube 2 Hypercube, despite being magnitudes worse of a film has more of a budget and more of a sci-fi thing and there's like the uh 
instead of just being in a metal box or like in bigger rooms with like more elaborate time stuff going on so yeah you could travel between rooms and stuff like that yeah that's that's hypercube which is which is dog shit unfortunately it- I also am reminded of the Thirteen Ghosts remake, uh-huh. which was in like a metal, like a like a plexiglass labyrinth, and eventually like the ghosts come out, and there's thirteen of them, and one of them is just a fucking torso, <laughs> like it's just a torso and arms that just scoots around. And I was like, is this really like? Do you think the other twelve ghosts are like, guys? <laughs> We gotta get rid of Torso. Like he's really dragging the whole group down. Yeah, that was a big movie. I, I remember that. Like that was a blockbuster era, and that box art is I, is still fresh in my mind. I've 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 seen it multiple times, and I I don't think it's good, but it left a, a lot of impression on me. So, Thirteen Ghosts. I haven't heard anyone mention that in a long time. Oh, Matthew Lillard was in it. Uh-huh. Aww. Speaking of math and Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> Shal- yeah, the Shalhoub. Um, so, speaking of Lillard, uh, there's a new um, uh, Super Smash Brothers style game from WB yes. where Shaggy has his fucking meme instinct powers, uh, which feels like it should be illegal for for Scooby Doo to acknowledge an internet meme. I feel like they should have more dignity than that. Did it? Did it kill it the same way Jared Leto being like it's Morbin time finally just kills the Shaggy joke? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. What? That was a that was a wild period in the internet. I, I the internet might be uh on its last legs. I think once uh Facebook slash Meta implodes, we we might just call it a day and just kind of pull the plug on this experiment. Actually, this is interesting. Do you want to know what the actual title of 13 Ghosts is? Yes. Thur and then the number 13 in yep. Ghosts. Absolutely. <laughs> so, because I'm trying to like, because <laughs> 13, doesn't that like, it's like an I and then another E, so like 13 Ghosts. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the 13 represents there. I love when they do that shit. I want it to be in every movie. Like... I want them when they do Black Panther two, like the B and the the P are replaced by just a giant two. You're like two lakh two lanther. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, what I haven't seen the new Thor yet. I was say I've seen every one of these damn movies. I got to get around to Thor. I love the new Thor movie. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I consider it a top five. I am definitely very much alone uh-huh. on that path. Most people I know. Uh, either disliked it or hated it which blows my mind because most people's complaint is they're like it's too jokey and i was like bitch did you not like ragnarok like every one of you is like oh i loved ragnarok i was like it is the exact same tone as ragnarok it's just less it's more like metal like goofy like colorful goofiness as opposed to like dour as guardian shit to deal with because that shit's done it's gone guys i don't know what to tell you they blew it up i feel like people are turning on taiko watiti yeah oh there's definitely a level of that there's definitely a level of that uh, I, know, I know the new season of what we do in the shadows is getting a, a poor reception and i feel like uh, jojo rabbit was divisive so it'll be interesting to see if uh he turns into like some kind of villain for nerds <laughs> it'd be a shame i i like that a lot and i i'm excited for uh, black panther 2 a lot that is that is definitely one of the better trailers i've seen in a while what do you think about the uh, dungeons and dragons movie trailer 
it is a thing that physically exists. I don't know how you do a Dungeons and Dragons. Like, first and foremost, we had a Dungeons and Dragons movie. It was perfect. <laughs> there, there were no notes. They go to rescue snails at the end. No one <laughs> got to save snails. It was a D&D party that consisted of two thieves and other characters. Uh-huh. And that was it. And only one of them did anything. It's great. Uh, they, they 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 get they band together. There's like a dwarf in the party and like a mage and like they have to go through a dungeon and the, the one rogue just solos it. It's a perfect movie. I'm surprised they don't try to do a critical role tie-in. Maybe they're scared of that overtaking their brand or something. But it feels like doing original characters uh, with no buy-in and just the name, which is is really generic. And if it's like people are attached to certain characters from yeah. Critical Role, I, I think. It's that same way that, like, I don't have actually that much interest in the Dungeons & Dragons IP. Like, like they've had now two sets set in the Dun- uh, Dungeons & Dragons universe and Magic the Gathering and every one of the cards. I'm like, oh, it's this dude. And I'm like, I actually don't really give a shit about this dude. <laughs> like, I, I got, like, a foil ball Lord of Murder. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I ever – I don't give any shits about ball. Like, this is just a character, and I just threw it in a box somewhere. Yeah, if you played Baldur's like, Gate, you would care about ball. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, maybe one day I'll get to it. It's it's a long list of of RPGs to get through. Uh I don't think you should play Baldur's Gate, honestly. It's it's rough going back, but that's what that character is way more famous than they should be because of his his, uh, role in those games. Okay. But yeah, I I, I see the trailer. It looks good. It looks like it'll be fun. It's just... I mean, thank God it has the D&D license, because otherwise I'd be like, it's just a generic fantasy movie. But, I mean, like, the cast is pretty awesome. Like, I like everybody who's in it. You know, Chris Pine's probably fighting for the top spot in the best Hollywood Chris right now. Yeah, they should have just made a party of Chris's. If they got Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and uh, Chris Evans to be the party, that would have been pretty funny. And then just, like, yeah, I don't know, Chrissy Teigen? <laughs> yeah, Chrissy Teigen, get uh, Chris O'Dowd, get him in there. <laughs> I don't know who that would be for. Um, it is interesting that for you. both the D&D movies have been thief-centric. Like, that's both their plots are, I was like, is that the popular image of D&D, is that campaigns are about stealing? I guess because, I think, because of rogues, I, but... I think the idea is you want to give it an edge because you can't like you can't just be an adventurer party of like fighter people without people being like, oh, like Lord of the Rings. You're just like, well, yes, actually, yes, this this all was created to just role play Lord of the Rings. No, all clerics and paladins, uh, they're extremely judgy and preachy. Uh, they're all they're all fundamentalist Christians. <laughs> that would be the best D and D movie if they were just Gary Gygax, uh, like religious characters who were just like yeah. preaching. What what's your class? Elf. Well, all right then. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And the whole the whole big uh, turnabout is somebody lo- lawyer rules their way out of a fireball and instead it kills the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I, they would never do that, but it would be very funny if, like, at the end, they're at the final battle, the hero, you know, gets stabbed through the chest by the villain and he's like, oh, now all is lost. And then the hero's like, oh, wait, no, I have an item that raises my AC. I forgot about it. Hold on. Roll that back. I'm actually fine. And then he, <laughs> he kills the villain. Oh, no, wait, I got a plus two from uh, the buff, right? Yeah, never mind. We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, What's your shape? There's like a built-in 
awesome story in D&D lore with the original Tomb of Horrors where like you you just put that fucking crown on the bad guy's head and you touch the scepter the wrong way and I'm like I don't know why they've never done that in something that is the coolest way to actually defeat a bad guy is with his own stupid traps he set up. I mean if anything it's it's extremely funny that uh, Stranger Things has eaten D&D's lunch vis-a-vis Vecna, Mind Flayer, and Demogorgon. Yeah. All the most iconic D&D bosses are like now associated with a completely different franchise um and i haven't actually watched critical role but i believe vecna is also the final boss of one of their seasons so it's like yeah. if they were doing a D movie they can't use their own shit because people are like this is just a rip off of stranger things <laughs> yeah oh yeah if they showed up they're like the mind flare and everyone's just like why is this octopus shit the mind flare is like 100 feet tall isn't it like no only in only in the show on Netflix is it. What other, uh, what villain would they even use? I guess Orcus? Tiam- Tiamat, Orcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiamat, um, probably. Tiamat's too powerful. I don't know. You can't really fight Tiamat. That's like, I guess you could seal yeah. her away. It's like what they did with yeah. Galactus, where they, he was just a big cloud. Because <laughs> they're like, you can't fight, you can't fight Galactus. He's too much, so... But they're going to do Galactus eventually in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know they're working towards oh it. God. Cast they're cast me as Galactus. They're... Let me be Galactus. Just do it. I want you to be Galactus. <laughs> I'm just like floating through space. Just like, oh, I'm so tired. Well, there's like new chill Galactus. You should be that one. Like I, get, I think in the comics, Galactus like became like a, a being of life instead and then like got turned back and he just now chills and he just floats to the galaxy. Every, every Marvel character has been evil good and dead <laughs> at one yeah, point it's it's wild reading i'm reading the x-men comics now and it's wild reading them being like dude xavier sucks dick dude everyone hates this guy <laughs> everyone fucking's like xavier sucks i can't believe professor no boundaries child kidnapper is a villain <laughs> yeah no privacy man it's weird because they don't even have to dig into that stuff why everybody dislikes him. He's come up with new stuff. <laughs> oh, he's got that new off. shit. <laughs> he's got the new shit. <laughs> he invades your rights in a whole new way. Oh, Christ. Uh, so when are you gonna come over? We had a we had a beach trip planned, and then uh, somebody had to go and get cancer. <laughs> we're gonna reschedule it, right? Hopefully, we're gonna talk. We're gonna tack that onto the docket. And then I can use that time get start 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 getting in shape. I looked this up. Uh, first of all, cancer is the number one uh, cause of death for cats. It's a it's like oh. over thirty three percent. It's uh, amazing. I thought surely they're getting you know creamed by cars more often or something, but no. Uh, but the kind of cancer she got is the rarest kind because she's the most special cat. Uh, simply the the most luxurious exclusive possible animal she only the finest for Aoife oh she's special and rare she really she really was that's how she yeah that's awesome uh at Liam when he passed it was it was just his old kidneys failing on him and I say old he was only nine so he was actually pretty young as far as a cat goes when I met Aoife she had kidney disease I, I mean I, I honestly some surprised her kidneys didn't get her um but before Joe and I were even dating I just I met Aoife and she was sick and we took her to the doctor, and I was like, I don't really know you, um, but this is a huge bill. Uh, I'm going to pay for this uh, because you <laughs> you have a, a much worse job than you, you do now. Um, so, yeah, that's how I met Eva. And that's love. Uh-huh. It was really more – Joa kind of came with 
the Aoife deal. <laughs> that was really... <laughs> it was really about her, mostly. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. I've met Aoife, evil, great cat, top 10. I mean, she's probably one of the best people I've ever known. Not even, yeah. you know, as a pet or anything. Just a curious, funny, uh, sweet, uh, badass. Literally, last last week on Earth, killed a mouse. Just hunted it down. Just too sick to, to eat. Still Still killing. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome <laughs> that's radical we'll just go we'll go out on that uh r.i.p Efa. you were awesome as hell it's extremely badass and sick and beautiful and cool and phenomenal and i love you and i miss you if there's a lie behind those golden eyes and malice within that red heart it's lying in wait for the next sordid fate and heading your sorry part. The soul is old like the winter trees. Your mind is live like the ocean breeze. And we've only dared to dream of things like these. If there's a hope in the salt and the dust, or love in the wind and the sun, it's hope that tomorrow's under the rust and love that the worst is done. The sun doesn't burn and the wind doesn't cut like the sadness we saw in the depth of that rut. But scratches on hands can be covered by time and gloves. So we'll learn how to sew and we'll know and we'll learn to look We'll learn how to sew and we'll know or we'll learn to look up